Big Ten Plus Four is a member of Odd Pods Media and ASAP All Sports All Plays Network. Uh, it is the most wonderful time of the year. Welcome into Big Ten Plus for March Madness edition. Alex Sports Midwest Perspective, Blue Collar, Blue Blood. Uh, Sam and I both love Big Ten basketball. We've been following it ever since it tipped off, and we are hoping that we can see a little bit more success than we saw the last couple of years here in this big dance. That would help our narrative out a lot. For sure. It would make our promo a lot more, uh, a lot more effective, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Where we say, are you tired of hearing how the big 10 can't get it done in the big dance where again, the big 10 had nine teams in last year, nine teams in the year prior to that the year before that was the COVID year, but nine teams in each of those. And one team has made it to the sweet 16. I believe in both. And this year, they're in the NIT. That was Michigan. Uh, so somebody's got to step up to the plate. We're going to be talking about that today. But but one thing you have to look at, how crazy and absurd this basketball season is, the preseason number one chose to opt out of the NIT because they had such a horrible year. And is it because North Carolina was afraid they were going to get bounced? Well, it could be. We saw last night in the Big Ten, Rutgers got bounced in their yes. first game in overtime to Hofstra. Well, and honestly, uh, I, and the more I got to think about this, and, and we can get into this, would they have opted out if they were in the first four? No. no you no, don't no. think so? No, I don't. Okay. Because I I don't know. I don't know. I, crazier things have happened, I guess. But uh, anyways. And and I thought I read a story last night that said um, they they anonymously voted all the players did. They handed out cards and had the players vote. And and the majority of them just said no. And and that's kind of how they came to that decision, okay. which is interesting. But then again, like you have Michigan playing in the NIT last night and Jet Howard sits out because, I mean, it's kind of like bowl games in football now. They said it was a, an ankle injury, but I think, you know, it's one of those that you can maybe fudge some stuff and make it more viable that they sit out. And it's because there's no interest to potentially hurt yourself leading into a draft. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. <laughs> interesting. But the good news is we do have eight teams from the Big Ten into the Big Dance this Should year. Be nine. Uh, you think Rutgers should have been in? I, I don't see how they c shouldn't have. They with had, with hindsight of last night's result, it's going to kill your argument. You're absolutely but. right. But last year, I also argued with Michigan getting to the Sweet 16. Still argued. Oh, Purdue made it to the Sweet 16 last year, too. But uh, they got You're beat. right. You're right. But even with them getting to the Sweet 16, I still argued that they should have been in a, a first four game not a, an automatic yeah. buy. So I don't care about the end result because you know what? Rutgers made it to a playing game last year and got beat, but I still think they were deserving. I still think they were deserving this year, but who am I? I'm not on the committee. <laughs> I, I well, also did not have North Carolina in my last four out or first four out either. The committee did. Yeah. So, so Sam, Sam's got a couple bones to pick here early on 
in uh, in this yeah. one. But we we do have a couple first four games played. Last night we had a sensation. It was a game between Pitt and Mississippi State. I mean, I I don't know if I can't recall the last game, and I know there has been. It's this isn't a first time ever, but. For I think there was like seven minutes still to go in the second half, and there had already been 19 lead changes. It just was bucket, 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 mm-hmm. bucket, all the way through. It if was one incredible. team went cold. If one team went cold, they both did. Yep. You know, it was just like always just boom, boom, boom. Back. It was just forth. holding a mirror up to yourself. Like yeah. it was a phenomenal game. Not not play styles were different, but you get what sure. I'm trying to say. No, it's no, just yeah. the, the results and productivity it was it was incredible um so we we've had that game down uh today we're gonna have arizona state playing nevada in that 11 seed matchup and then sam of course our resident purdue fan uh he's gonna be tuned in and so will i matter of fact one yeah uh texas southern and i should back up that is actually the first one that one's tipping at 640 arizona state nevada will tip at 910 but texas southern and Fairly Dickinson will be tipping off at 640, and the winner will take on Dalton, the Purdue Boilermakers. Dalton, why, why is it you have a rooting or like an interest in that game as well? Got a, a cousin through marriage that is actually the head coach at Fairly Dickinson, Tobin Anderson. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of uh, uh, great publicity for him because of the job that he's done uh, at Fairly Dickinson. So uh, uh, it's really exciting that you've got a connection uh, to be able to kind of see it a little bit from a different lens, but yet still just as excited, you know? Oh, and his wife's family is uh, all from Kentucky. And so they are rabid Kentucky fans. So throughout the years, whenever we would go uh, to like the Champions Classic in New York City, I would always get a chance to to hang out with them a little bit before yeah. games and talk with them because they had to be there for the Kentucky games. Oh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> and and so I'd be able to chat with them. But uh, yeah, no, great guy. I'm I'm really hoping that Fairly Dickinson can pull it off. So well, the yeah. winner of that will go to the Fighting Zach Eades of uh, West Lafayette, Indiana. That's correct. <laughs> that is absolutely correct. Um, but that should be a lot of fun. And then again, we got eight teams from the Big Ten into the Big Dance, and I, I think we're going to be talking about all of those matchups here throughout this show. We'll glance over at the women's side too, yes. and what's taking a, what's taking place there, involving Big Ten teams. But let's start with the men's group, and uh, I don't know exactly the best way to maybe dissect or tackle some of this. Uh, maybe we just kind of go team by team, take a look at their ceiling, um, take a look at w- what they got in front of them. So why don't we start off with the top seed from the Big Ten, that being Purdue. Now, again, you're waiting the winner between Texas Southern and Fairleigh Dickinson. But what do we believe the ceiling is for Purdue? What do we What do we think uh, is is maybe the reality or the – the, the theory that we each have for them. You tell me if I'm homerizing or if this is legit. I think their ceiling is okay. a national championship. Okay. I think they've, through the course of the season, they've proved that when they're playing at a top level, their top level, they can beat anybody and they can dominate pretty much anybody that did it to Gonzaga. Look what they did to Duke. Yes, Duke at the time is very young, working through some injuries, but look at what they are now. We're going to look at body. Purdue beat them by, I think, 17. They beat Gonzaga by, I think, 18 because it was the first time a team unranked had went and beaten two top 10 teams by double digits like that. Um, I think their ceiling is a national title. I really, really do. I don't 
consider that even though I'm a Purdue guy as me being unrealistic. Mm -hmm. Now, if I look and actually look through it, um, honestly, I think I'm going to have them go to the final four. Okay. Uh, the, the way things match up, there's going to be a tough potential second round with Memphis. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the sweet 16 could be against Duke or Tennessee. Um, but I still think while Duke is a lot of people's darling dark horse to go to the final four and even win the national title. Yeah. Shut Not up. to win the title, but no, I like but, them in that region. And, and, and I, I, I don't discount that, but honestly, uh, the way Purdue has been doing it lately. Yes. They've been getting out to leads, giving it up, but look at the fact that they still, after that, what is it? Four out of six that they'd lost. They've still figured out ways to win games. And I think that they're starting to at least come around a little bit, a little bit more. Fletcher Lawyer finally got some shots to actually fall. It doesn't matter if it rolled around and sat on the rim and then fell down. It doesn't matter. You know, Dalton, when you were playing, if you were cold and you started getting just a couple of shots to fall, you would start getting your confidence and all of a sudden more shots would fall. So I yep. think, I think Fletcher Lawyer might be a little bit uh, getting into it. Uh, Gillis, Mason Gillis started getting some shots to fall. So it's not that they're back to their high performance at the beginning of the year, but honestly, I think they're starting to get the, at least back to a higher level to where I think final four for me is at least viable as a legit. That's where at least I'm going to get them to at least. Um, I, I haven't I, considered my final four and, those games yet but i i've got a couple of things that i think help your argument and i got a couple of things that go against okay. your, your vision sure. i think the things that help is a that east region can get real messy real fast i think out of all the regions that one has the most potential for upsets there are I, I people think that even get saying wild. that oral roberts could beat duke like that because oral roberts won 30 games I've watched a fair amount of Oral Roberts this year. Don't ask why. It's just what I kept finding. And they were really good this year. So it was yeah. fun to watch them. But I'm they, not they saying got, that it will happen, but it could. They've got a great seven-footer who is mm -hmm. who is legit. And uh, they, they've got a great backcourt as well. So I'm kind of interested in that matchup. It's the 5-12, of course, which is sure. always, you know, the stereotype in, in March Madness in the brackets. Um, so I'm curious about that. But I think that region can get real messy. And I think any region that gets messy uh, gives your favorite team a chance because it's yeah. muddied up. Um, I you also see an think, elite eight matchup of Purdue, Michigan State. I could, I could. Um, I really don't know what to do with that bottom half. Um, yes, I know. That's why I asked that. <laughs> Michigan State, and of course, I have a large interest in Michigan State. They've shown yeah. that. Yeah, believe it or not, uh, they've they've shown. When they're hitting shots, especially tough shots, which they've done throughout the year, yep. they they could be a tough out for anybody. And when Tyson Walker is hitting tough step backs in the face of defenders, it's going to be tough to deal with. I mean, they're the third or fourth best three-point shooting team in the country. And we know in these brackets, in, in March Madness, guard play carries you. Um, I think they could end up maybe making a run to that to that spot, like maybe the elite eight, 
they could also lose to USC in the first round. Yeah. Like yeah, consistency, I, I too. <laughs> consistency is a major problem with Michigan State, but they are absolutely capable of going on a run there. I, I think they have a path. It's just about if if the switch is on or off for them. Um, in a couple of ways, in, in terms of just shot making, but also mentality, effort, some of those other things. Yeah. Um, but if if they flip the switch on, they, there's a path for them there. Um, but for Purdue, I also love I, 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 I'm into metrics quite a bit. And I, I think you're hard pressed to find anybody better than Ken Palm. Uh, when it when it comes to some of these different things and Purdue's adjusted offensive efficiency, ninth best in the country, adjusted defensive efficiency, 23rd in the country. And you want to be top 25 in both of those uh, to really be a national title caliber team. I do, I do want to add that this this is different, completely different than it was last year. They were not a good defensive team last year. Mm-hmm. They were great offensively. They were subpar defensively, and I think that helps too. If you've got an offense yes. that can operate and maybe have points where they're struggling, but your defense is doing its job, you're going to be in most games. And uh, to, to work against the Purdue narrative. Let me have it. <laughs> I, I think really it's about freshman guards. Yeah. It, uh, underexperienced underclassmen have struggled in this tournament by far. Like that's just the the nature and the history of it. And I, I think they've given us reason to be concerned with how the last couple of weeks have played out with the full court pressure. And even Matt Painter was asked about it after, you know, some of the games in the Big Ten tournament. He's like, yeah, you know, like we we really work on it, but we're really not just great at it at the end of the day. And it's it, it, it leaves them very suspect because many of the teams outside of the Big Ten, which, of course, is who they're going to be playing here, are can be longer, can be more athletic, can play that kind of style. Where the Big Ten is more uniform in play style, I, I think this is where those red flags might come back to bite them. And that's the concern I have for the Boilermakers. And that's why a lot of people have them out potentially in the second round because not everybody wants to go chalk to the Sweet 16. Right. Right. And and the chances that that happens are pretty low. And people's biggest target right now is Purdue for that very reason. Can I ask why over somebody of the likes of like maybe a Houston that lost their leading scorer? But he uh, might be back. Maybe, but we don't have that. I mean, and if he's if he's only 70 percent, if Sasser's only 70 percent, is that going to be enough to drive the Houston bus? to houston you know what i mean i mean it's and i'm not i'm not but hurt because people are picking on purdue you know it's not the first time it's not going to be the last time that my team gets picked on about their shortcomings and i'm okay with that but like how much more do they have to prove before they're like okay well while they've we've got concerns they're still legit because they've won them big 10 regular season title it doesn't matter who they had to beat they won the big 10 championship in the the tournament like what else do they have to make it? So like once they, if they beat Memphis, are they going to go, Oh, okay. Maybe they've got it figured out. Or is it going to be every round? They're just going to keep doubting them. And I'm okay with it because that's a drive, a drive well, further than that. What I would tell you is um, I, I think at this point, at least for me personally, it's about, are they going to be able to avoid that pressure if if they're not yeah. able to overcome it how are how what, what are the other angles are going to be able to find a win and the reason why it feels like Purdue has to continue to validate itself this year is because the Big Ten is incredibly average this year 
So you, you do win the Big Ten by three games, but in a year where there's only one other team that was able to get better than a seven seed, I believe, I, I, I think the next best seed after Indiana is a seven Northwestern and a seven Michigan State. I believe you're right, yes. Because so, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, in a year where teams are all lumped in in one lane and it's fairly average, I mean, yeah, if Purdue wants to win a national championship, they're going to have to show again that they're a cup better than what they've been. And and that just is what it is. And and I'm like, again, I'm I'm not trying to go, why are they picking? I'm just no, trying to no. figure out that like, you know, uh, and you know what? Hey, let's keep doubting them because that puts a chip on their shoulder that if they want to prove everybody wrong, go for it. I'm going to be the happiest man <laughs> in the world. If if Purdue last year won that Big Ten by three games, I would have picked them for the national championship <laughs> without a doubt. Um, you know this. You you talked about how how the Big Ten is so average this year, and I'm not at all disagreeing with you. And I don't know if that's the best word for it. No, but no. I hope I get, you understand the sentence. I, I totally get what you're saying because everybody was lumped in together. So yeah. like that is average. Like they're not. There were a ton of team. There are a ton of teams that are good enough to make it, but like, are they good enough to advance? And yep. this year, when we've doubted how many teams the Big Ten was going to get in, you even said on Friday how many you could only maybe logistically or logically see one, maybe two make into the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. I've also seen people prognosticate that they say six to seven make it to the Sweet 16. I see both ways as a completely viable. Yeah, okay, I could see that especially with the brackets finally out. So I was looking at the bracket and it's funny because I did say that. And now I sit somewhere between, I could see every big 10 team out by the second weekend. I could also see four teams from the big 10 getting to the sweet 16. <laughs> and and maybe that's how we will transition to the second quarter. Cause we're a little heavy here. Yeah, that's fine. Let me get to the, uh... yeah, there we go. Second quarter. <laughs> So I, I think there are four teams that have a real path. We talked briefly about Michigan State, and I believe Purdue is one of those four teams. Purdue yeah. has a, a real path to get to a Sweet 16. Michigan State, I think, has a path to get to a Sweet 16. And again, if if the switch is on, like Michigan State has shown this year, the only problem is, especially when you're filling out a bracket, I mean, good luck. You, you really just don't know exactly what to to bank on. And uh, if if Walker's able to hit some tough shots, they're able to to play pretty hard and, right. and show a little better effort than what they did against Ohio State in that Big Ten tourney. I mean, Michigan State could go on a run to the Sweet 16. Let's be fair on that, too, though, Dalton. Ohio State started playing ball. No, they did. And, and it's not so much that they lost to Ohio State in the tourney. It just... It felt like, especially for a Tom Izzo team and a Michigan State team, and this is why there was such a negative reaction from the head coach afterwards, that was a lackluster effort. It yeah, just felt yeah. that way. And, and and the way it started, that was what, because Michigan State shot out of the gates. Yep. And then all of a sudden just kind of went, oh, we got this. Yep. So it's it, long. Never, I'm, never I'm, recovering. Interested to kind of see. And so, like, especially in Michigan State's first matchup with USC, USC really defends around the rim pretty well, defends inside the arc. Outside the arc, not so much. So if Michigan State goes bombs away, which, again, they're third or fourth best in the country at three-point shooting, Michigan State can move on and play Marquette, which sets up an interesting Joey Hauser matchup between Michigan started, State wasn't it? and his former school say, Marquette. So. <laughs> um, 
but and this is a different Marquette squad under Shaka Smart. Um, it's also I a have, different a different Marquette squad that Purdue beat in the beginning of the year. Yes, they've yes. gotten better too. Yes, absolutely. It's a great point that it's a much different team than what was played early on. Um, so I, I think Michigan State has a path to a Sweet 16. I just don't know how you bank on anything really in this tournament, but really on that. Um, I would say watch out for Vermont. I don't know why, but the, the they always seem to be at least very, very competitive in their in their first round games. Always. Well, it's interesting. If we're looking at 15 seeds that come off dangerous, and I... Look, I'll be honest with you. I've I've filled out my bracket a couple times now, and I keep retooling it. I don't know why I paid too much attention and effort into this thing. But <laughs> go by um, colors, dude. Yeah, if there were any 15s, um, Colgate interests me, and the reason why I can't pick them is because I think Texas has played so well down yeah. the stretch. I don't want to pick against Texas, but Colgate, I believe, is the number one three point shooting team in the country. Let me pull this back up. I, I believe you're right. The, while you're doing that, I'm gonna. Uh, I'll tell you about the one that I. I always look. Forty-one percent from deep. Sorry to cut you off, Colgate, number one in the country. So, like, you if a team gets hot like that, I mean, it's you never very know. Possible. Yeah. Well, look at St. Peter's last year against you know Kentucky. But I, the one I always, I always, whenever I see them in the tournament, I always look at, man, they could be, they could win, and it's Princeton. I always consider Princeton as a team that could knock off whoever they're playing no matter where they're at on the seed line because they play a different breed of basketball always and if they can get you to play their style of game you're in their neighborhood they have a shot to beat you and so uh i i don't think arizona is going to lose to them but i always kind of keep my eye on that matchup it's uh, it's interesting, too, because as we talk about some of those other Big Ten teams that I think have a shot to get to a Sweet 16, uh, let's move to the Midwest where Indiana sits. And I thought heading into this, Indiana was one of two, really, that maybe could make a Sweet 16 uh, before we saw the bracket. Indiana plays Kent State. And honestly... Watch out, out for of, the flash. I, I, it's... it's Going to be interesting because, again, Indiana has had some suspect guard play at times outside of Jalen Hood Shafino. Let me be very clear there that, like, well, and between, even he struggled against Penn State, he, he was inconsistent throughout yeah. the year, absolutely. Um, but outside of Trace Jackson Davis and Jalen Hood Shafino, I, I get a little concerned about what's going to happen to Indiana offensively. Now, I love that versatility they bring. Sure. I, I think they're able to do a lot of different things with the size and the different rotations they're able to throw at you. But I'm curious who steps up there. And you look at Kent State, and Kent State coming out of the MAC. I wanted to pull up their, their Ken Palm numbers. They are 38th best in adjusted defensive efficiency. And so I'm curious if they kind of turn us into a rock fight, maybe if the Flashes can't pull one out. Yeah. And again, not me being a Purdue guy, I have considered this as a as an upset, early round upset. And it's 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 because we're let's think about it. What I've been talking about the past three weeks is I use struggles outside Assembly Hall. Yeah. And while they are clearly the better team. They have also shown that they are able to play to the level of who they're playing against and get beat by them 
mm-hmm. when they're not at home and even when they're at home but when they're not at home they're especially suspect to that upset and that's why i keep thinking maybe ken state's got this it got i got enough to pull off this upset and i haven't finalized my brackets and like i said i haven't done my final fours but like i've got iu going to the to to the elite eight i've got them beating houston but i i'm still wow. considering pulling them knocking back. them out in the first yes, game <laughs> I, because because but but is it me just being silly and totally erasing what i think they could do because i think that's their i think that's their ceiling we talked about what's produced ceiling i mm-hmm. think iu elite eight's kind of where i've got them uh kind of topping out at and logistically where do i have them i i honestly i could have them going out in the first round i just haven't finalized my picks yet it's a it's a really really hard year for making brackets i don't know why i still do this um <laughs> this is the year that if you got the perfect bracket what was it warren buffett a few years back said if you got a perfect bracket you get a billion dollars you should get a hundred trillion dollars if you get it right <laughs> up the stakes because yeah, the probabilities of this are ridiculous lord <laughs> um I, I i was taking a look too and so those are three that i think have a chance to make a sweet 16 the other one from the big 10 and this one might surprise you a little bit it's penn state i at, i am right there behind you 10 seed there in the Midwest. They're going to start with Texas A&M. Texas A&M, of course, uh, has my heart a little bit because former Michigan State player Julius Marble plays there. Yes. But that being said, Killer that stash, means... dude. I, I know. I <laughs> And I love Julius Marble. I really do. Um, and he's, he's a great post player, but that does mean they're undersized there. And where does Penn State hurt? Their front court. They're strong backcourt, and as we've said time and time again, guards can carry you in this tournament. Penn State has upperclassmen and a ton of talent around that perimeter. I think Penn State's able to to maybe get hot enough where they could not just maybe win against Texas A&M, but they could maybe upset Texas just given how guard-oriented it is. Now, given, again, we're, we're just really taking shots in the dark here, and we're just exploring possibilities. But I think if you have an upperclassman backcourt that shoots well from the outside, that's just a good rule of thumb to start with when looking at teams that could maybe get hot. Well, and I told you last week, and you kind of, really? But it was before the tournament had played, or the Big Ten tournament had played out, and Penn State made it to the finals. I said that I thought that, that they've got enough there and Jalen Pickett is enough of a horse that they can he can put the team on his back and score 40 points and and win a game, mm-hmm. you know, and he could do that multiple times if needed. Now, I'm not saying that they could make a run to the final four with him doing that Kemba Walker style, but I think that it's definitely something that they could do. And and honestly, if of all the upsets, barring a, a 16 one, a 15 two, even a, a, a 14 three, that win of Penn State over Texas would be my big upset of the first weekend mm-hmm. because of how well Texas is playing. But the fact that Penn State's a, a double digit seed would make it to me just that biggest one, but I wouldn't be shocked by it either. Oh, I've picked so many upsets. That's why my bracket <laughs> is stupid. It's so stupid. I did. It's I, so I said, stupid it's going to do well. You know that, right? I finished scribbling it out and I looked at it and I said, thanks. I hate it. Like, I, I just, it's not going to work well. But um, yeah, no, I, it, and it's interesting, but I, I think Penn State really has a good shot at, at maybe making a run because, especially too, we talked about the lack of, front court play for the Nittany Lions. 
um, as they play, and and I quote Brad Underwood, booty ball Mm -hmm. uh, with Jalen Pickett backing down defenders. I I think that just creates so many options. I really like Penn State uh, to maybe make a Sweet 16 run. But so those are the four that I looked at, and I looked at the brackets, and I said, I, I can see a trip to the Sweet 16. Purdue, Michigan State, Indiana, Penn State. Anybody I'm missing to you? No, because you look at, at what second rounds would be coming if they were to win. So if Illinois wins, they're going to play Kansas. I don't see them beating Kansas. Same. Um, if you look at where I lost my uh, Northwestern, if they beat Boise State, they're going against UCLA. Yep. Don't see that happening. Um, Iowa would play Houston in the second round. Yes, Iowa. If they win, they play. That ain't happening. Like, it's just. And if Maryland wins, they would play Alabama. Alabama. So, like, three of the three of the eight teams that are in the Big Ten will go play one seeds if they if they win. Yep. Yep. Unless there's a 16-1 upset. And I don't see any 16 seed at this time that would win. Now, nobody saw Maryland, Baltimore County beating Virginia either. Yeah. So Texas A&M Corpus Christi, you're on the clock. Um, but my 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 point on that. <laughs> Let's one go is, Knights, Fairly Dickinson. Yeah, right. Come on now. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Let's think about that one. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, no. Bad Dalton. Almost Bad. walked you into it. <laughs> you notice I and I know my schedule. Then is what I. Yeah, huh? uh, you're on it. But 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 if Fairly Dickinson wins, I I get to see them play because I'm going to be in Columbus this That's weekend right. to cover the first uh, first two rounds. So, uh, if if Fairly Dickinson wins, I'll be sure to put a bug in uh, their coach's ear to hey let's let's ease up, all right? Let's uh, <laughs> let's be happy with the one win in the dance, all right? <laughs> We're trying to make it to the Final Four for the first time since 1980. I was Sam. six months old when they went to the Final Four last, sir. Please do me a favor. <laughs> wild to think about, too. And, and that's why I was recently going through the, the Purdue NCAA tournament just stuff because it's the fourth time they've ever been a one seed is, is this year here. The last time was yeah. 1996. And to think about... They got beaten the, the second round by Georgia. To think about those teams, and and there hasn't been a Final Four in forty three years. It's it really is fascinating, and Purdue fans are saying we're due. <laughs> yeah, and and you know their best chance was was the year before that year that you were mm-hmm. talking about when Glenn Robinson was a junior, uh, got beaten the Elite Eight uh, by Grant Hill and uh, Duke. Uh, they had a 13 point lead in the, in the first half and ended up getting beat. It just, it was heartbreaking because Robinson struggled in his last college game. And if he would have just had an average game, they would have won by 15 points. Like that's mm-hmm. how, that's how frustrating it was. But what on that, whatever on that one, but I want to draw the like, likenesses of another time they were a one seed and that was in 1988. They were the one seed in the East, I believe which is the, the region their number one seed in their second round game or their first round game was against fairly Dickinson. Okay. Their second round game was against Memphis. And now this is where it differs a little bit, but K state was the team that knocked them out in the sweet 16, but K state is in their bracket as well. So there's a path. <laughs> there's a legit path to where this is okay let's right the wrong from 1988 and that team that should have made it to the final four 
let's let's correct it and let's do it this year. So that's wild. And and I keep thinking too of, of Purdue teams. I can't help but think about in in my lifetime four years ago that 2019 trip with Carson Edwards just oh, going still, I, bonkers. I saw a a tweet and I don't remember who it was uh, off the top of my head, but they said the most heartbreaking loss for your team in March Madness, and it was it that is I was heartbroken when Duke beat Purdue in the Elite Eight. That game against Virginia is way more heartbreaking because. Half it was court pass with two and a half seconds left, and the clock doesn't run out of time. It was it was just about the most incredible play I've ever seen in basketball. It was ridiculous. It was so improbable. The announcer thought the guy hit a three to win the game, like that. That like seriously, he he said for the win, and the guy's at the elbow of the of the lane, and he says for the win. Oh, they win it, and then and then he had to quickly backtrack because he realized. He wasn't beyond the three-point arc, which legitimately, logically, that's where he should have been if with that type of pass to make it to where he was. He should have been further away from the hoop, but no, he was 15 feet away. It was oh. it was one of the best passes that's ever it happened. It is so still one of those heartbreaking that Purdue should have been in the Final Four that year. And I'm not bitter. It's just heartbreaking. You know, yeah. there's a difference between bitterness and heartbreak. Well, it's the it's the beauty of March Madness. I mean, it it elates some and it devastates others, and it's going to be a lot of fun to see this year's edition. Can I mention one matchup that that is provocative to me, and that's uh, it's in the East, uh, Kentucky and Providence. Yep, Providence has been such a strong team at times. Now, don't get me wrong; they're an eleven seed. Well, let's say it this way: they're they're not a higher seed because they've struggled at times, you know, and so they're probably a lower seed but uh i could see that being a a, a a an upset to where providence advances and plays in the second round because well, the way kentucky struggled at times this year as well much like we talked about michigan state's inconsistency kentucky's in the same boat i mean you just don't know sometimes which kentucky team is going to show up yeah um yeah no it's it's going to be really interesting but let's go ahead hit halftime we'll come back and break down the rest of the big 10 for sure you are listening to Big Ten Plus Four, hosted on Anchor and StreamYard. Hey, this is Russ. This is Kyle. This is Michelle. From the Infectious Groove Podcast. Join us every Monday for the most fun you can have with a music podcast. The Infectious Groove Podcast uses a positive and fun approach as we take time every week to share our jammy jams, then dig into a thought-provoking topic discussing all decades and genres of music. You can find the Infectious Groove Podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can head to infectiousgroovepodcast.com to find us there and subscribe. We might have a controversial opinion here or there, but we always have fun with it. Oh, I'm sure I'll say something dumb. Subscribe to the Infectious Groove Podcast, part of the Odd Pods Media Network. Hi, I'm Tina Jaramillo. And I'm Hillary Doherty. And we host the Muck Podcast, where we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. Hey, Tina, did you know that Elvis crashed the Nixon White House for the sole purpose of getting a DEA badge and it worked? What? <laughs> or how a gun control advocate senator out of California engaged in gun trafficking with notorious gang leader Shrimp Boy? <laughs> Shrimp Boy, I remember him. Okay, so, you know, we cover all of that and more from Malady madness mischief and murder in u.s politics and we also host a bi-weekly interview segment called lil muck we interview politicians journalists activists and others who share their experiences in politics find the muck podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and check us out on social media at the muck podcast i don't know why it goes short <laughs> 
<laughs> That's one of my favorite things each week to see just how uh, how that third quarter. Whistle I wasn't even thinking though. about it because it had been doing so well. The, the, the whistle that I was like, I'm not going to tempt fate and go, please work right. And I just clicked it and it, it had a streak going. Yep. Bounced out. And you've got a streak going, two straight shows, and you're going to break that on Friday. Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> but but I will get to see you on Friday in person. That's right. Mm, I'm yes. excited about that. I'll be wearing a, a different cap. I've I've worked the last six NCAA tournaments, but uh, yeah, I'll be a fan. I'm, I'm kind of excited for that. It's, hey, we're flip-flopping roles there because I'm not going to be a fan. I'll be working. So <laughs> it's... Uh, yeah. And and you'll you have me a lot I'm of doing fun wrong. with that. Yeah, <laughs> you'll you'll have a lot of fun with that. It I is sure fun to so. cover. Um, looking at some of the other Big Ten teams because we we covered four, and if you're joining us late, we've covered Purdue, we've covered Michigan State, we've covered Indiana, and we've covered Penn State. Um, moving now to Iowa and Auburn. Um, this one in the Midwest region. This is the eight nine game, and again, if you win, you're more than likely getting top seed in the region, Houston. Um, but looking at Iowa now, look, I'm still a little bit scarred from last year <laughs> watching a, a hot Iowa team win the tourney and the then Big get Ten bounced team, in the first round and <laughs> lose in the first round. round. It, it was, was first, first round. It was, yeah, wasn't it? yeah. And, and I just find teams that struggle defensively at least using the metrics, I find them hard to bank on. You look at Iowa this year, uh, their third best in adjusted offensive efficiency, according to the Ken Palm rankings, defensive efficiency adjusted, they are 166th. And I just don't love that. When I take a look over at Auburn, Auburn, uh, meanwhile, is 49th in adjusted offensive efficiency, 28th in adjusted defensive efficiency, and the games in Birmingham, Alabama. To be honest, I did not pick Iowa. I have yeah, I, I get I, it. I picked I picked Auburn to win this. And it's because it's probably recency because Iowa, you know, lost at home to Nebraska to finish the season. They didn't they, they got beat in the Big Ten tournament like in lacklusterly, you know, and it mm -hmm. just it didn't they haven't shown that prolific offense. And maybe and and here's the thing. We could be absolutely wrong. We've been wrong before, I think, once or twice. That, you know, performance, all of a sudden, it kicks in and their offense scores 150 Absolutely. And they blow Auburn out by 25. And But I honestly, with the way they've been playing recently, um, I, I, I don't know that they've got enough to beat Auburn because Auburn's been playing pretty well lately, too. Yeah. No, I and I, I I completely understand that. And like I said, that defensive efficiency will scare me away from picking teams. And Iowa's very much is that case. Um, looking over in the South region, Maryland's the eight seed. They're going against nine seed West Virginia, also in Birmingham, Alabama. Because if one of those teams win, uh, more than likely they're going to be seeing top seed Alabama in the second round the islanders the islanders will be playing whoever hey <laughs> let me see that bracket i want to see that written down for you sam <laughs> no i'm not i'm not calling that no i maryland is is my other jekyll and hyde team that i've talked about with along with iu that that when they're not at home they really really struggle yep. uh, you know they 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 don't perform well when they're not at, at home and <sighs> I still think they probably have enough athleticism and 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 stuff in the cupboard to maybe win that first round game. I think I did pick them. I've, I don't have my bracket in front of me, but I don't see them having enough to beat Alabama even close. 
especially in Alabama. Well, and and even that West Virginia game. So for Maryland, uh, taking a look at at their adjusted efficiencies, offense thirty fourth, defense thirty third, according to Ken Palm. West Virginia fifteenth in offense, fifty third in defense. So it kind of lines up to be a good matchup. But I'm totally with you. I've seen enough Maryland this year, where if they're not in College Park, I don't love what I see. If they're playing, if this tournament was in the Xfinity Center, they might just win the whole thing. But <laughs> I, I, it, uh, when you're they're not, not wrong either, home, that's the kicker. Yeah. You're not wrong. <laughs> um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm not high on on Maryland either. Um, if we move over to the West region, Illinois, the nine seed, will play Arkansas, the eight seed, and you keep using the phrase Jekyll and Hyde. And, and in terms of inconsistency, you never know which Illinois team you're going to get well, ever. And, and we talked about this on Friday that at the, after Illinois got beat on, on Thursday, you know, the, the, at the post game was they're still looking to gel. Yep. And, and here was the argument. They were arguing that Penn state absolutely has gelled. They know each other. They know, you know, they know their ins and outs. Illinois still doesn't even their coaches said he's hoping they gel. Yep. They just haven't, and I don't know that I've seen enough for them to get. I, I don't. I I have I have Arkansas win in this game because they, they've just been so inconsistent in their performance. I mean, look, their their final game of the regular season, they were down by twenty four against Purdue. They stormed back. They still lost, but you're like, okay, maybe they're starting to figure some things out. And then they go into the tournament and play like they did, and it just it it didn't. Penn State never really i mean it was a close game for the most part but you never felt that illinois was going to make a run you never right. felt that they were going to grab hold of it and take it was almost like they're sitting there going oh we hope we win we hope we win instead of damn it we're gonna win you know they didn't have that killer instinct to where all of them were firing on the same same cylinder and it just i don't have the confidence that they're gonna put together 40 minutes to win Completely agreed. And that goes full circle back to Brad Underwood's uh, presser early in the year where he just made a fart sound into the microphone when asked about <laughs> leadership on the team. Um, but I mean, it's trying it's, to figure it out. That's the kicker. It's still trying to be figured out. And that heading into March Madness does not necessarily make me the most confident no. in that squad. Um, the other Big Ten team we still have to talk about, Northwestern, a seven seed there in the West region. They're going to be taking on Boise State. Uh, the 10 seed and the winner you imagine might get to see UCLA in that second round if they're able to beat UNC Asheville. Um, but for Northwestern, this is an interesting one because you look at the Ken Palm rankings for both Northwestern and Boise State. Boise State's defensive efficiency, 14th. Northwestern's, 13th. I mean, this could be a defensive it's gonna rock be fight. It's going to be 32-34 <laughs> final. Like that, I, I, honestly, it could be... In the low fifties, as the as an overall score for both teams, like it, it, they're both really, really good defensively, and mm -hmm. and and for for what we've turned March Madness into, it's going to be a boring game. For those people that love basketball, are going to go, oh my goodness, this was such a fantastic game. Hopefully, there may be one team that all of a sudden blows up and they win by twenty, but. The way it's setting up, it's going to be a close game, and it's going to be a great one. Which I saw Matt Norlander tweet this out last night, and this one kind of caught me by surprise. We didn't have a buzzer beater in last year's March Madness. We didn't have one buzzer beater in last year's March Madness. 
The no. last buzzer beater we've had in the tourney was Jalen Suggs from half court to beat UCLA in the final four. That's the last buzzer beater we've had in March Madness. Wow. So we're going to be up for one this year or yeah. two, hopefully or five. 30. Yeah. You know, like, honestly, <laughs> as long as it's not Purdue getting beat, I'm all for it. <laughs> I don't care if my national champion, which has happened, gets knocked out in the first round, other than it being if I choose Purdue. Uh, I, I've had my national champion knocked out in the first round on a buzzer beater, and it was heartbreaking, but I'm like, oh, I love March. Uh-huh. Oh, that's <laughs> what – yeah, I'm, and we, we, we talk brackets and, and whatnot, and the uh, reality or the acceptance that I do is after a couple games, whenever I first lose one, I just say, okay, I, I, I've lost, I'm done. And yeah. I just, like, put it away so I can just enjoy March because, like – this is such a great experience to not enjoy because you're tied up in something as trivial and stupid as trying to have a wonderful bracket that's so unpredictable don't, anyway. This is why I don't enter contests with a bracket. I just fill it out. Yep. And if it's wrong, eh, so be it. But I, I don't enter it because then I don't have to worry about whether or not, you know, Toledo beats, you know, Marquette or whatever, you know, whatever, you know, you get what I'm saying. It's just, and I don't know why I said Toledo, but I was like, wow, somebody was watching Toledo, Michigan, NIT last night. <laughs> Honestly, it's always the default city that I fall to. It's like, oh yeah, well that doesn't mean anything to anybody in Toledo. I don't know why, <laughs> uh, but, but it's one of those that I don't want to have to worry about whether an upset happens or blah, blah, blah. I want to enjoy the moment and, and I don't enter contests because of it. Yep. No, I I'm completely with you there. Um, let's go ahead. Step aside. We'll come back with the fourth quarter and we'll take a look over at the women's side. Yes. Let's do that. All right. The big dance is here for the women as well. And uh, the top seed from the big 10 is Indiana here in this one. Does this Indiana, surprise you that they got a one? No, compared to, you know, Iowa ends up winning the, the, you know, beating IU in the last game, then running through the tournament the way they did and just dominated it. Now, they didn't play IU in the finals, right. but still they dominated it. Is, is it a little bit of a surprise that maybe they didn't jump them or is it enough to where they hadn't performed well enough in the year like IU had to be able to supersede them from the one line? Yeah, I almost would have looked around at maybe one of the other ones like Virginia Tech and thought Iowa might have had a chance to maybe climb above that. But um, IU being at a one does not surprise me at all. No, I, I guess I guess that was my question. Is, is it a surprise that Iowa didn't get a one? I guess yeah. is more more of what my question is. Yeah, and, and I can see that for sure. But um, but as we said, Indiana gets, and I'm pulling up all the Big Ten teams here in front of me, Indiana gets the one. There are seven Big Ten teams that made it into this tournament. Um, Illinois is going to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2003, which is amazing. And why Shauna Green has done such an amazing job. You were just a young pup in, when in that Champaign. happened last. Eight. I was in second grade the last time <laughs> Illinois women's basketball was in the big dance. Um, Indiana, as we talked about, they're the one seed. They won the Big Ten regular season championship for the first time in 40 years. They end up in the uh, – uh, they're going to start – 40 years, was, last three. 
Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> 1983 was the last time IU won the regular season. Um, so they're, they're obviously is the top seed. They're going to host at first. And if they win, they'll move on to Greenville um, and, and see if they can't make their way to Dallas as the one seed. Um, Iowa, we talked about a little bit. And you mentioned they win the Big Ten tourney. They're the two seed. Uh, they get to host. They're in Iowa City. They're in Stanford's region. And I think if those two end up meeting in the Elite Eight, like I kind of imagine that will happen. Um, I think we could be in for one wonderful game between Stanford and Iowa. And we're still at the point in the women's game that the parity isn't as widespread as the men's and that's not downgrading anything but you can go a little bit more chalk to get yes and expect chalk to get to the to the elite eights yes no it's it's absolutely fair i mean it just plays out more it's gotten uh, better from when i was younger yes because when i was younger it was louisiana tech tennessee and then a bunch of others you know that that could get there but didn't it north carolina was in there and stuff but like now it's working out and then UConn obviously worked its way, but now it's worked out to where, you know, you've seen Baylor be dominant. You've seen now South Carolina be dominant. You've seen, you know, UConn be dominant. Yeah, I mean, it, it varies a lot more now. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And, and Maryland ends up being a two seed in one of the teams you just mentioned, South Carolina's region. And that's where it gets interesting. I think Maryland could absolutely go to the Elite Eight, but I think when they run into that buzzsaw that is South Carolina at 32-0 and Aaliyah Boston, I, I just don't know. I think South Carolina is a different, a different team right now. I agree, but I think, honestly, looking through all these teams of all the two seeds, if there was a two seed that could beat South Carolina, I'd say it was Maryland. Of Fair enough. Teams. Of the two seeds, I don't think there's enough athleticism on Iowa. Maybe UConn, but UConn, I I think they did play, didn't they? South Carolina? I believe so, yeah, earlier and, and, this year. They did. they did. handled them. Uh, I'm not saying that Maryland's going to beat them, but I think if the, uh, of the two seeds, and I don't know enough about Utah, I guess, but I, I would say of the ones, of the two seeds, if there was one that could upset South Carolina, I would say it's Maryland because of their athleticism and their length. So long, so athletic. I mean, Diamond Miller runs the show there in College Park and I mean, averages 20 a game. Monica, I mean, it's Monica Zananu only took four shots in College Park. Yep. And that's because of the athleticism and the length down low for Maryland that they required were required to, you know, take threes. And I don't, I, I know some about South Carolina, but like if they struggle from outside and because they can't get down low against Maryland, Maryland's got a shot if they can get there. You know, I, I again, not saying it's going to happen, but I, I, I think it, 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 it could there, there it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's just not likely. Yeah. And uh, we'll take a look over at the three seed uh, Ohio State who will be getting to host there in Columbus as well. What a well. time to be in Columbus this weekend. I know. Jeez, Louise. Well, in between Dayton just down the road, having first four games uh, throughout the yesterday, today, and then you have Columbus men's and women's basketball. It's it's sensational. Well, and, and Purdue plays St. John's in Columbus. Yep. Tomorrow. And so like, it, you know, there's a lot going on in Columbus for the whole tournament weekend. It's pretty exciting. It's a place to be if you're a basketball fan. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is the place to be for if you're a basketball <laughs> fan. Um, but Ohio State again, 
Uh, finally got J.C. Sheldon back in the mix during that Big Ten uh, tournament. Yes. It'll be interesting to see if that creates a little momentum, a little traction for the Buckeyes and how far they can they can ride that out. Um, Michigan. Michigan is a six seed. I'm trying to find them on the bracket in front of me. Uh, they play UNLV to start. They'll be down in Baton Rouge for those games, LSU hosting. If Michigan wins against UNLV and LSU beats Hawaii, they would match up against Angel Reese and the Tigers, uh, who, of course, had a great year. They were undefeated for the most part, uh, finally dropped a couple late. They're 28-2, and two, but it'll be interesting to see if the Wolverines can uh, kind of get it going a little bit. It and And by the way, again, Michigan, not necessarily a flashy team. They don't do much that necessarily pops off the page that wows you, but solid fundamentals. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays. And then finally, you mentioned Purdue. Purdue playing uh, St. John's, uh, and Purdue makes it back under Katie Gerald's. And you can already see, I mean, this is just the second year for Katie Gerald's, and her first year uh, was accelerated. She wasn't supposed to necessarily take the reins right away. Um, but ended up having to be kind of thrust into the situation 40 days before the season started. And now here in year two has the Boilermakers dancing once more. I mean, I, I think you see big things on the horizon for Katie Gerald's and the Boilermakers. I sure hope so. They're they're Purdue's Purdue went the, I mean, they've won a national title in my lifetime, you know, granted it was 20 plus years ago. I believe they're the only big 10 team too. Win yes, a national they're the title. Only, they're the only Big Ten women's team to to win a national. Maryland title. was in the ACC, correct, Back when they correct. won theirs, so they so they were there. I don't consider that, even yep. though technically, I think they probably would say that counts or whatever. I, I don't know. think they would, but oh, I just wanted they, to okay. clarify just yeah, for yeah, anybody yeah. who gets. Uh, but like you, you've seen them at there, and then they've just progressively, and they've had good seasons, but they just weren't producing. And Katie Gerald's, who was a phenomenal player. Uh, but for her to, to, uh, to turn things around and get them back in on year two in year two, uh, that's, that's a great job. And, uh, really quick, I'm looking at the, excuse me, the bracket for Seattle three, I guess is the way they're numbering it. Yep. Um, I think Ohio state could go to the final four. You got him getting by UConn. Uh, I, 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 likely maybe maybe not but yukon is, isn't the yukon of old they're not the oh my goodness yukon they, they've gotten you beat what is that <laughs> line from uh, catch me if you can you know why the yankees win it's because everybody's staring at their uniform uh-huh and they're not that yukon anymore they're not they're not bad don't get the, me wrong the one that not won a hundred and some games in a row that correct UConn. <laughs> but they're 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 beatable and and ohio state hasn't had jc sheldon for most of the season and they're working her back in i think that big 10 tournament even though they got housed in the finals Mm -hmm. did them a world of good to get them back into shape of having her in the lineup uh cody mcmahon if you've got a one two two punch like that my goodness if they're on and they've got a good they've got a good supporting cast as well so and and they didn't accidentally get to number two. I mean, they just didn't get nineteen and zero by accident. Yeah. So they've got the potential to be there. I think. Uh, I see a path that they could could get to the final four. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, this this should be a lot of fun to see how it plays out. Hopefully, yeah. all of you listening have been very smart 
and cleared out the weekend so you're not doing a thing. Because especially if you're kind of like us where you're going to be trying to inhale both the men's and women's basketball mm -hmm. sides, it's going to be so much. I think set, uh, a Friday, Friday between the men's and the women's, you'll have, games. you'll have 32 games to take in. So uh, go ahead, clear out the schedule. Just sit down and just take it and, in. And also, don't go by what we're saying to pick. make your picks. <laughs> oh, gosh, no. No. We, we use logic in March Madness as anything yes, but. Yes, we, we should know by now <laughs> that there is nothing logical about what happens in March. It just it's, is not what happens. It's so funny. When I was first trying to fill up the bracket and I was looking and I had all these metrics in front of me and I stepped back and I said, eh, I know too much now. Like this, yeah. this can't play out right because now I've in, I've got too much in my head. Dalton, you were part of my family and friends pool last year. You finished last. My seven-year-old yep. won. That's just about right. And yeah. that's not that's not me making fun of you. It's just the way it works. No, hundred percent way it happens. That's how this will happen again this year. So, <laughs> yay. That time of the year. <laughs> Throw out the brackets. Just have fun with it. March That's Madness right. is here. We're going to celebrate, sure. baby. Um, all right, Sam, uh, as we close things down, let everybody know where they can find us. You know, I just realized that I never switched us over on the on the visual to where you were on the left and I was on the right. Like I caught on to that, but I was do. like, you know what? It's March Madness. We're feeling frisky. Hey, you, you know, know what? Up. Upsets happen. That's what this is. is an upset. <laughs> all right. <laughs> now, for... For our, uh, for you to find us on social media, we are on the Instagram, the Twitter, and the TikToks at Big Ten Plus Four. You got to spell it the plus. Uh, Facebook, Big Ten Plus Four. Type out the plus. Think about the plus. Don't even put the plus. It really doesn't matter. We'll probably pop up. Uh, we, we are part of the Odd Pods Media uh, group of shows. We can be found at oddpodsmedia.com. We are the only sports show, so we're kind of a big deal there. Um, but then we're also streamed on the ASAP network twice a week. Uh, if you miss the stream, go to Spotify. You can find us there. Uh, one last note uh, at the end of this tournament, Dalton, we will no longer be big 10 plus four. We'll announce that at probably final four weekend or, you know, going okay. into the final four weekend, uh, the new name, that way we can start working it in and getting our handles changed and everything. But uh it's not a big secret. I just don't want to confuse people. So we're yeah, going to hold on enough. to it until then. So for now, this is where you find us. Everything's That's correct. <laughs> it will all change. <laughs> oh, man. Been Might a be a fun. little easier. I don't know. <laughs> you don't yeah, have to worry about enough. spelling out the plus or not. You know, you can just put in our new name and, hey, there they are. Perfect. It pops right up. That's right. Uh, but. That's uh that that's gonna do it for us here for another edition of Big Ten Plus Four at least for now. Um, <laughs> but but for for Sam Sprunger, myself, Dalton Shetler, want to thank all of you for tuning in. So long, happy March Madness. That's right, and I will see anybody that wants to stop by in Columbus.